You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Good evening, Bills Mafia. Um, it is another edition of AJ's Analysis. It's your host, AJ Savalski. Today, I am joined by the one and only Brother Bill. Um, you know, he's known for his awesome pre-game hype videos or whatever you want to call that. Um, he does a very good job, a lot of creativity, um, you know, week, weekly content from Brother Bill each week when the season starts. Um, if you're listening on audio, thank you very much. Um, it'll be uploaded tomorrow. Um, so you guys can listen there uh, on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, wherever you listen uh, to your audio uh, please come join us on youtube i would love you know some comments some questions um that would be great and help you know help us interact with you guys in the show so brother bill how are you doing today and uh how's your your summer been going good man uh, i appreciate you having me on here summer's been great it's going really fast but means we're closer to to bill's football so i'm kind of okay with it yeah we uh we were talking before the show and you know, I, I asked you what you did for a living and you said barber, which was the last thing I expected. Um, so <laughs> maybe before we get underway with all this bill stuff, can you talk a little bit about how you got into that? And, uh, has that always been a passion of yours or was it something you just naturally picked up as, as life went along? Yeah, man, I started, I mean, I'm 29 now. I've been cutting hair for about 11 years now. So I was literally like towards the end of high school, I started, uh, trying to cut my own hair, not very well, but, uh, just was kind of figuring it out. It was just something I was like super into and, and interested in learning. So just uh, started cutting some friends in my parents' basement, made like a makeshift barber shop, did that for a couple of years, and then went to barber school, and I've been cutting ever since. Um, I've had some sick opportunities. I've cut like Tyrod's hair a couple of times back when training camp was in Rochester, Rochester for like two months instead of like two weeks. I used to get <laughs> a decent amount of guys in. It was actually awesome. That's awesome. Uh, that's that's pretty cool. Uh, pretty cool experience. Uh, you you have the hair to you know kind of train train yourself on what to do and how to right. how to get really good at it. But um, so we're going to talk a lot a lot of things. Bill's training camp today, and then obviously, uh, uh, brother Bill's expectations for the season. Um, you know, obviously another big season for the Bills. You know, almost a month away. Um, so obviously very exciting time for football fans and obviously Bills fans as well. So we're, I'm gonna, I want to start with the the cornerback two competition. Um, it's been something that I've watched the last week. Um, a training camp kind of take shape. Uh, Dane Jackson was a guy who has been very consistent. Kyrie Elam has been getting a lot of first team reps as well. But in the last couple of days here, Christian Benford has been making some plays in camp with a couple of interceptions. Um, you know, just very reliable ball hawk. Uh, a guy that has continued to make plays. Obviously, we all know he won the starting job last year over. Uh, the first round pick in Trey or Trey White, Kyrie Elam. So, brother Bill, your thoughts on the cornerback two competition? Um, what you like? Do you like the depth there? Is there a guy that kind of stands out to you? A guy that you want to see on the field more, or is it more so you know a by a by committee kind of approach this year, where you know depending on the game who, who they're who they're going up against, is that is that kind of how you feel? Right. Um, you know, I'm I'm leaning towards Elam just because like he is that top pick. I want to see him on the field. Um, I liked what I saw out of him. Like he seems like a very good, like press guy and like aggressive kind of dude. And um, it's nice to have that depth definitely. Cause like, that's a position that I feel like people get banged up a little bit or, you know, just playing like a different, there's some people are better at like a zone and a man and we have to switch it around. Sometimes it's nice to have people you could shuffle through. Um, I love Benford too. I like, I like Dane. Like I think he's solid, but like, I'm excited more by like the potential that the two younger dudes have kind of shown. And I think that gets me a little more fired up, but it's nice to have a guy like Dane, who's just like reliable, doesn't mess up a ton, maybe not like as high of a ceiling, but definitely like a, a solid dude there. 
Yeah, I uh, I can agree with you on that. I think Dane brings that, you know, consistency in terms of, you know, he has a higher floor than both those young guys as of now. Um, but I think if ben- Benford and Elam can get to that point where their ceiling can match Dane, I think both those guys, those young guys have a higher ceiling than a Dane Jackson. But, I mean, like I said, Dane Jackson's continued to make plays um, throughout camp. So, for me personally, um, I think Dane's the leader in the clubhouse just based on how I think the coaching staff approaches um, how they do things. It's just that's kind of how they, they like to do things. Uh, Terrell Dotson, I think, is the same way. He has a lot of, you know, um, got advocates for him because he's been part of the system. He's been in the scheme. Um, so that's pretty cool. Joseph Curtis with a comment um, with all indications being that the defense is going to be more aggressive. Elam seems like the best fit and he's already shown a propensity for making big plays. Uh, yeah, I mean, he, he's a guy that, I mean, they drafted him in the first round. They traded up to go get him. He was their last first round grade. So it, it would kind of suck if, if they couldn't get the most out of Elam uh, this year. But when you have two guys along, you know, in the room with him that can play valuable snaps and have started in NFL games, it's, it makes you feel a little bit better. It's not like it's a waste of a pick. I think eventually he does get the nod, but it might take some more time. Uh, moving on to the Gabe Davis um, kind of, I want to get your thoughts on Gabe Davis. Cause I think he's one of the most polarizing figures in the, fa- in, in, amongst the fan base in terms of some people think he, you know, can take that step and become a consistent wide receiver too. Others think he's, you know, he has no hands. He can't catch the ball. Um, I actually at the blue and re- or the red and blue scrimmage on Friday, I was raving about Gabe Davis at the last four days. Like he was doing really well in camp during team drills, individual work, all that stuff had, had a really solid week of camp. And I thought he was coming into his own. You could see the ankle injury definitely was nagging him. I think he's been you know, fresh out of breaks, uh, in routes, all that stuff. He's been doing a really good job winning at all three levels. But on Friday, um, Josh Allen fired a bullet to Davis on a post route in the, in the soft part of the zone. And it was a little high, but Gabe Davis has to catch it every 10 out of 10 times. And I, of course, gave the live update that he dropped the ball. And there, you know, I'll call him the Gabe Davis haters that are saying, you know, <laughs> call him like Gabe Benjamin, comparing him to like Calvin Benjamin. <laughs> um, you know, just a bunch of naysayers about Gabe. Brother Bill, I want to ask your thoughts on Gabe. Can he take take the next step? And and do you think he do you think he can be that elite wide receiver too that that even like Stefan Diggs has mentioned, like he can be a wide receiver one in this league. Do you think are you convinced that that's the truth, or do you think that's more of more of a stretch and you think he's just kind of a solid wide receiver too. And, and he can't get much better than that. I think he could be better than like what he was last year. I don't know if I ever think he's like a, like a number one guy. Um, Like it, it was weird because like the years before, you know, he was stuck behind Emmanuel Sanders and John Brown and, and all that type of stuff. So like when we got to see him, it was always like these huge plays that he'd come into and he'd make like an exceptional sideline catch or like a deep ball. And uh, it just made us so excited to see like more of him on the field. And last year when he kind of got put into that role, it was almost like, it was almost like more of the same kind of like you got those big plays, but like you didn't get the consistency and like the reliability that you expected. So um, I'd like to see just a little bit better hands, a little bit more consistency. Um, It kind of reminds me of like Pulis Price back in the day where he would just like, like Eric Molds was your guy, but Peelers Price could like take the top off and make a huge play. Like I feel like he's he's more of like a big splash play kind of guy. So it's it's good to have that for sure. I'd like to see like a little more consistency catching it. Um, but like I'm definitely I'm cool with him being the number two for sure. Like I think we added some some better pieces around them too that like the wide receiver three situation will will alleviate some of that too. I feel like last year was kind of like just a little hectic with what we were doing. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. I, obviously. I mean, once you're, once you're bringing in John Brown and Cole Beasley in late November, two guys that weren't rostered at the time, <laughs> I think it gets a little dicey in terms of what do you truly have at the playmaking position? What do you truly have for Josh Allen? I think, I think that got tricky. I'm just going to go over Gabe Davis's game log this year and kind of my thoughts on what I want him to be. Um, he only went over hundred yards twice last year. Obviously, the big game against Pittsburgh where, you know, everyone knows that he just balled out that game, had 171 yards, two touchdowns. The the thing I want to see more from Gabe Davis and maybe Brother Bill, you can add to this, is just more consistency in terms of maybe he does have that same stat line where he is like an 800-yard receiver with, you know, seven to ten touchdowns. and That's the guy he is. But maybe instead of, you know, getting a fourth of those yardage, a fourth of those yards in one game, kind of doing that over the course of a season and being more reliable, 
you know, week in, week out. Um, is that something that you, you know, want to see from Gabe moving forward this year? A hundred percent. And I think that's like kind of like the issue that I try not to get in too much uh, arguments online, but like I'll see everything kind of, and you see the people who are like, he finished at the top end of the wide receiver twos like stat wise. And there's no debating that, but like, it's just kind of the way it happens. You know, like you said, like you have one of those big chunk games where he's having 150 yards and then the next three games he might have like 60 yards total. So like just getting a little bit more consistency throughout every single game will be, will be definitely huge for us. Uh, absolutely. Um, moving to the depth now, I want to talk about a little bit at the receiver room and obviously the tight end room. Uh, Dellen Kincaid, I mean, <laughs> he had another great day today. I think uh, Alex Brasky from Batavia uh, Daily reported that he had two great grabs, um, tough catches, both you know tight coverage and made the play. Um, yeah, Lewis, it is a contract year for Gabe. I think that will also I, – I don't know if it will add motivation for him because of the type of guy he is because I think he loves where he's at and wants to be a Bill. But I think that can – you know, that always can – a little extra motivation like, hey, I got to – I got to show something this year so I can get that that contract and hopefully they can get that locked up before the season starts. I prefer that because I don't want an, an Oliver situation or not an Oliver, a Tremaine Edmonds situation where the guy has a great fifth year and then you lose him. Um, but but going back to the depth, uh, brother Bill, Dylan Kincaid, Trent Sherfield, Cleo Shakir, Deontay Hardy. Uh, you know, I think it's you could argue the best depth um, that, that the Bills have had at receiver. I know it's we haven't seen it yet in the regular season or games that mattered. Um, but ju- just give your thoughts on the depth that's been added. Maybe what you think, you know, of the wide receiver three battle. Who do you want to see at that slot position? I know Kincaid's a popular option, but just amongst like the receiving group, Shakir, Sh- Sherfield, and Hardy. Who who do you want to see out there? Your thoughts on them, and uh, yeah, maybe you can, you know, you can you can give a little uh, information about Dalton Kincaid and what you think about him too. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think I'm leaning towards Sherfield. I really like him. I think he brings like, he's definitely super fast. So is Hardy. I guess I don't, you know, I never saw a lot of Hardy. We got to play Sherfield. So like, and I pay attention to the Dolphins a little bit just because they're in the division. So I've seen some of his big plays and I've seen him making some great plays, especially like today that grabbed that Josh threw that bullet to him. Um, so I'm excited to see him. I'm thinking I'm leaning for, for him in the slot and definitely Kincaid dude. Like when we drafted him, I don't really watch college football. So like, I didn't know much about him at all. And I just saw tight end pop up and I was kind of like, really? But uh, as I've read more, like being, being a, I think the next day said like, he's kind of like a bigger Beasley. And um, I kind of like that. Um, And what I've been seeing, like I went to camp last Sunday and like just seeing some of the clips people are posting and like his routes just look so clean, like so good. Like I'm really, really excited about him. I really, you know, sometimes your, your GM might say something, like the the Beasley thing, and you kind of think he's just kind of trying to hype up the the uh, fan base, but it really seems like that. Like his route running is crisp. He's really technically good. Like I think he's going to be awesome. Yeah, I, I totally agree with you. I, what I've seen from Kincaid has been you know, very, very, very good stuff from from the rookie. I think he can find a big role in this offense. Um, and, and I've had conversations. Can he break the the rookie receiving record? Uh, it was by Mike Dicka. Uh, let me look that up real quick because I'm going to put you on the spot here, Brother Bill, and ask you if you think that Dalton Kincaid is capable of doing this this year. Um, so Dal- or, uh, Mike Dicka in 1961 had 56 catches for 1,076 yards and 12 touchdowns. So that was his rookie of the uh, uh, the best tight end you know campaign ever as a rookie. And that was That's back like in super 19. impressive for that time period <laughs> like to, to do that. Right, yeah. So that was in 1961. <laughs> Do you think there's any chance that, that Dalton Kincaid can kind of get to that point, or, or do you think there's too many miles to feed in this offense and it's more of a, you know, especially with Knox still in the mix and he, he's been, you know, the tight end one for so long for this team. Um, do you think there's there's any indication that Dalton Kincaid can break any of those records? I think, I mean, with Josh at quarterback and if everything's rolling and we're being creative with our game planning and everything, I think there's definitely a world where it could happen. I don't know if it will or if, like, we even need, like you said, like there's a lot of mouths to feel, a lot of talented people. So, like, you don't really need him to do that. But if he can be in that, like, high 700 range and a really good red zone target, like that's – I feel like that would put us in prime shape. But if he can get – 1100 yards and 12 touchdowns. I mean, I'd be ecstatic. <laughs> yeah, I think I think everyone would be. Um that would be that would be pretty cool. Um and I'm going to put you on the spot again here with a question. What's been your favorite and I know I didn't tell you this before the show. 
But what's been your favorite um, video to make so far before a game? Like your all-time favorite, you know, your most creative or the one you enjoyed the most doing? And what's been your favorite video to make uh, prior to game or game day? I think I think it's got to be uh, the Home Alone Christmas Christmas one against the Bears this year when we did the the whole Chicago thing. And it was really just like my two friends really took the lead on that one because they were like the, the Ditka Bandits, as I called them. And uh, it was just so funny. That was like one of those videos, like as you're filming, you're like, I was just like dying laughing, you know, like them falling and the noises they were making, like they really like acted their hearts out. So that was hilarious. I think um, the other one, I, re- I really liked the Harambe Bengals one as well. Just that watched really that. I just showed my dad that before <laughs> that the show. That was really funny. Yeah. Um, just the whole gorilla suit and like. I'm a big Scrubs fan. I felt like that was almost like a Scrubs moment where like they go into like JD's mind and it's all like this made up really (laughs) absurd, like, like imagination thing that he's having. So I felt like that was pretty cool because it was kind of reminded me of like one of my favorite shows. So that was just funny. Now, where did you, where did this all originate from? Like why, where did this start? Like, is this something you, you thought you could do? Same thing with the barber. Like, is this something that you always kind of dreamt of doing or was it just like, man, I'm really funny and creative and I love the bills and I like beer and I'm just going to like start doing this. (laughs) It was kind of more like that. Uh, I definitely have always been this type of dude. Like in high school, I was always doing absurd stuff for like pep rallies. (laughs) Like I I had like a skin tight spandex suit I would wear and like go to all the games like in character and do all this wacky stuff. So like it's definitely been something that I've always done. Um, It was kind of like during COVID, right before COVID started that like Texans playoff season. Um, I made the page and it was more like trying to like type up some articles and that just like really wasn't like me. Like I'm not like an X and O guy. I'm just like a big fan. So I think as um, COVID happened and I wasn't really able to work and I had way more free time because barbers were like completely shut down. I was just kind of like my imagination was going wild. I was watching a lot of (laughs) movies and it was kind of just fueling me. So I was just like, maybe I can make something weekly that I could put out that people might think was funny. And at first it was just like, me uh going into my closet and pulling out like one of those like suit lining things and like unzipping it and having like a different like a eric molds uniform and some zubas in it and like just getting dressed and uh it started adapting to like the teams we were facing so i could keep it fresh and like not just have the same thing every time so at first it was like kicking a starbucks cup when we played seattle and super mm-hmm. basic easy things things that i could just do that morning because it did start off as like my wake up stuff and then soon I'd like, I'm always been the type that just takes things to like the next level. So soon it became like almost like a full fledged mini movie where we're flying planes and like traveling to Pittsburgh and doing all types of weird shit just to get the, the video I need. <laughs> That's awesome. Uh, yeah. I mean, I think, you know, I, I think all of Bill's mafia enjoys those videos. I know I look forward to them. There's, you know, the entertainment aspect of it and just watching them. Uh, not only is it funny, but it kind of, you know, from a fan perspective, I think it does. It's almost, it's like a combination of funny and hype. Like you get a little, like, it's funny, but you're also like, let's get this game going. Like you want to play, like, you, know, you want to <laughs> play. So you do a great job at that. Um, and, you know, I just wanted to touch on, I wanted to hear the, the origination of what you do now and how far it's actually come. I mean, you have right. huge following and you're, you know, and, and just you're, you're such, you're so good at like, uh, like the, right before the show, you, you quote tweeted something and you said, that's payback for, you know, on Tron Johnson for what he did to Josh. And it's like, you know, to think of things like that on the fly, you, you do a really good job at that. So uh, it's <laughs> good stuff. It, man. Um, but moving back to the uh, training camp, and then we're going to move to the uh, national media perspective. Um, I, w- I want one guy on each side of the ball um, for both of us. You can start. One guy on offense that you think not many people are talking about that could maybe – carve out a bigger role or become an unsung hero this year. And the same thing on defense. Who's a guy that, you know, maybe you know, I'll give you some names. There's Puna Ford, Taylor Rapp, like one of those low key guys that maybe, okay. They're not talking about much now, but maybe mid season, this guy carves out a role for this team. I think I got to go. Are we doing offense or defense first? Or is it, that's not just go, Yeah. One and one, you, you can uh, just go, just go. I love, I love the trenches. So I'm going to go with Puna Ford, even though you just said him like that's, that's a dude I'm super hype about. I've been like banging on the table to get like a big fat dude in the middle and just bring back the days of Pat Williams and Sam Adams and just clogging it 
So <laughs> I'm super hyped to see him. The day I went to training camp was when he picked six Barkley. So that oh was hilarious. That was, yeah. When and he was like wild. Cause he's like, he's big. Like he's like a, I think he's like 300 something pounds, but like, he's, he's not tall. Like he's like five eleven, maybe like, yeah. it's funny to see, but he's just a force. I remember him with Seattle and like, I know his name was on the trade block the last couple of years too. So when we signed him, I was super fired up and I'm, I think that'll like do wonders for us. Cause I really don't think we've had like that true clog space kind of guy like Daquan kind of, but he's like, yeah. he's just really good all around. But I think having those two is just huge. And I'm a huge Jordan Phillips guy. So okay. I can't so wait for him to be, he's healthy now. So I'm super hyped up to see him again. All right. And then offensive side of the ball. Offensive side of the ball. I feel like Kincaid's the easy answer, but I'll go with I'll go with Torrance. Okay. Another, like a rookie. Okay. Like the interior, trenches. the trenches were so that's my biggest cause of concern is offensive line for sure. So having a dude like that who I mean, again, I don't really watch a lot of college football and I'm not like an expert at breaking down film, but I remember seeing his name in a ton of mock drafts for like the first round. So just when we got him in the second not ever watching him play really. I was just super fired up. Cause like, Oh shit. A lot of people had him going to us in the first and we got him in the second. So I feel like that's, a, I mean, he's huge. He's like insanely big. So I hope he's just like that mauler guy. Who's just protecting Josh, making holes for the running backs and just kind of like helping to turn the offensive line around. Yeah. I'll, I'll go with the other guy I mentioned um, Taylor Rapp. I think he is the, He's the guy for me that, that's very important. Not only is he physical, uh, Teron, Johnson, Teron Johnson, sorry, spoke about that today, just about his physicality he's brought to the room. He always does what he's asked to do. He has that Super Bowl experience. Um, I think that'll do wonders uh, for this team. They're, they brought in David Edwards also from L.A., and that's my guy on the offensive side of the ball who I've actually really liked. I think he can play a depth role. But, yeah, I think Taylor Rapp is one of the most important pieces on this defense in terms of being that depth in case, you know, there's – Poyer and Hyde are old now. Like that, that's that's something that you know that they're getting older. They're not old in terms of you know in terms of NFL uh, right <laughs> lifespan years. Um, they're you know early thirties and stuff like that. And they you know they they dealt with injuries last year. So I think Taylor Rapp is going to be huge if if a guy goes down or if Tron Johnson goes down. He brings that versatility where he can play the nickel spot. So I think all around Taylor Rapp, um, in terms of tackling physicality and his ability to play multiple positions is going to be huge for this defense. And then on the offensive side of the ball, I'm going to go with another versatile guy um, who might be backing up Osiris Torrance is Ryan Bates. Um, I think that his ability to, you know, insert him at center if Mitch Morris suffers an injury or concussion because he's had, you know, those those issues in the past that you have to, as a team, when you're building a team, you have to be aware of that. Um, guys that deal with injuries and stuff like that. And then you can also go at right guard or left guard. Um, and, you know, maybe the tackle positions, um, you know, Brother Bill said the offensive line was his biggest concern. I think the the outside the tackle positions are my biggest concern. Just like Dion going down today, like you know, I know maybe it was a minor hand injury, but it's like what what do you do there when you don't you, know, you don't draft anyone for that that position? Spencer Brown has a back issue that could be you know lag. That's a very you know hard injury to come back from. So those two positions for me, uh, that's why I pick Bates, just because I think he can be that versatile piece across the whole offensive line. Um, so with that, let's move to. The national media perspective, Brother Bill, and I know you probably aren't fond of what the national media is saying about your ball club um, lately. Uh, Nick Wright didn't put Josh Allen in his top 10 players in the league. He, you know, and Nick Wright, it's all for clicks. I get it. I, I know that's what they do. But there's been multiple guys, even on ESPN, you know, picking the Bills to go nine and eight and get third in the division. Um, you know, they're, they're too old on defense. They're, you know, they don't, they don't protect Josh well enough. Their offensive line isn't good enough. Sean McDermott's a defensive-minded coach. Just, they can run around with these narratives about the team, a team that last year was Super Bowl favorites. And in my eyes, got better this offseason. I really do think they upgraded their depth tremendously compared to years past, especially with the cap space they were given. So, Brother Bill, what are your expectations for the Bills this year? Who's the scariest team? Who's the biggest threat to you in the division? And, you know, where can this team go? Is it Super Bowl or bust? Or is it, you know, do you want it to see an AFC championship or a Super Bowl appearance? Or how are you, how are you feeling? I mean, I obviously want a Super Bowl <laughs> always. Um, I don't know if it's Super Bowl or bust per se. I think um, just the way we've gone out the last two years, like I think if we went out swinging and like didn't hold anything back, like guns blazing and still went down, and it wasn't like a 13 seconds type situation or just really awful game against the Bengals like we had. Like, I think I'd be 
a little more okay. Like I obviously want the Super Bowl, but say we went to the conference fi- uh the AFC conference game and fell short, but like we played our game. I think mm-hmm. I could live with that. Um but the national media is just as I've as I've gotten um kept going with this page, I feel like I've gotten better at blocking it out because it's just it used to make me so mad. I used to be <laughs> the biggest Nick Wright hater. But like you said, you start to learn like it's just for clicks. So many things with ESPN and stuff is just debate heavy and just saying things to say it. Cause you know, it'll cause controversy and whatever. So like, I don't pay it too much mind anymore. Maybe every now and then just to get some inspiration for my videos in the season and have someone to make fun of, but um, <laughs> they don't worry me. Like, like you said, I think the team got a lot better. I think we might not have been like the splashiest or like big name guys, but I think we filled a lot of the, the positions I was worried about. Um, and, you know, I think I still see us winning. I mean, now like our division did get better. So like I could see, I see us at like 12 to 14 wins. And I think you could still win the division even with like 12 wins, because I expect us to be kind of beating each other up a little bit more. Um, I'm not as afraid as the jets as a lot of people. I think the dolphins are more the team I'm scared of just because those two receivers are so freaking good and so fast. And I don't, Totally believe in Tua still, but like all he has to do is get them on a slant and who knows what they can do with the ball. So that's kind of what scares me with those guys. Yeah, absolutely. I I, uh, I agree with you in, in talking about the national media perspective and why I think it might be this way. Uh, I kind of thought about it and you said it best, the splash moves. The Dolphins obviously went and go, you know, went ahead and traded for Jalen Ramsey. Um, they, they, they got the big name. The Jets signed Aaron Rodgers, another big name. So when when two teams in your division and, and you're in the Bills themselves are a team that has fallen short the last couple of years, they can't get over the hump. It's like, you know, Sean McDermott's been compared to Mike McCarthy, like a guy that just, you know, he's an average coach that can't get over the hump. And that's kind of the narrative they're running with. And I, I'm i not going to blame from a national media perspective if, you know, the Jets getting Rodgers is obviously scary. For me personally, the Jets are scarier uh, to me. I, I know it's like a it's like a 60-40 split. I think more people are scared of the Dolphins, but from who I've talked to. Um, but yeah, I, I think the Jets are the scarier team just because of the defense. I think their their defense is scary. I think Sal is That's, a great coach. Yeah. It's funny because like most people are like point to the Rodgers signing, but like and then like with the Dolphins, it's Jalen Ramsey. But I'm scared of those teams for like the opposite reasons. Like you just said, like the defense is nasty. Like I'm more afraid of the Jets defense, I'm more afraid of the Dolphins offense than what you would have heard this offseason. It's kind of the opposite. Right, especially with the Dolphins bringing in Vic Fangio, who's been yeah. – he's a guy that's very well-respected in the league for his defensive play calling. So, yeah, I think the the national media perspective, you know, throw it out. I mean, once games actually start, there's no really narratives to talk about. It's what you see on Sundays, Mondays, Thursdays, whenever they're playing this year. Um, but, yeah, I, I agree with you. I, I think the Bills, you know, trod the 14-win team. I could see it. Would I be shocked? No, I'm not going to sit here and say, like, would I be shocked if the Jets or Dolphins won the division? No, because they're that talented. Like, I'm not going to, I'm not going to sit here and say the Bills are 100. You know, they're not guaranteed to do it just because of how better, how much better the Jets and Dolphins have gotten. But at the same time, I think, still think the Bills have the best roster um, in the league. Brother Bill, how are you going to go about uh, going with games this year? I know they're. I don't know if you go to games or if you watch them, but are you going to get like accustomed to this like? you know, 425 slate, you got Thursday night football, you got the London game, you got, so you're going to be like making videos all over the place. Um, cause yeah. there's, you know, a lot of different time slots this year for you. So how's that going to be? Um, I think it's fine. So I, I never work, um, Mondays, like it's my weekend. So it always kind of works out when we have like Sunday night games and stuff. I'm still happy. The Monday night games kind of screw me up cause I got to go to work on Tuesday. Um, but this year I did take off Saturdays now and just added extra days to my work week basically or extra hours so Mm -hmm. i'm gonna have all day saturday to kind of help me because usually i'm like you know we're working around people's schedules like i'm not i don't have like a a film team it's just like my buddies so like they're coming over to help and be actors so having saturdays off is gonna help a lot with with kind of just nailing it down and and working through the weird schedules these days (laughs) 100%. 100%. Um, my, a question from my dad actually listening. Um, who is your favorite player, and do you have a lot of jerseys? Um, favorite player ever is probably Eric Moulds. Favorite player now is oh – man, it's tight. It's tight. I think I lean Diggs a little bit over Josh, but, like, barely. I was like I was a Diggs guy with my Minnesota. That was, like, my favorite non-Bill. 
So when he came here, I was like fired up. Um, but I love Josh. I love Diggs. Those are probably my two favorites now. It's cliche kind of, but like they're right. just the best. Um, and I have a good amount of jerseys. I have like a Bruce Smith. I have I just got a Doug Flutie at Marshall's, like a Stitch Mitchell Ness Doug Flutie that goes for like 160 bucks. It was on sale for like $45 at Marshall's. So my buddy sent me the rack and I went there and I got him. I got one of those. That's my newest. Um, I have a Molds. I have a Diggs. I have a Josh. I have a Roscoe Parrish. I have I have a Cornelius Bennett. I have a Tyrod. So you have That's a lot. Auto- I have a lot. <laughs> <laughs> That's autographed. You have a Tyrod that's autographed. Yeah. Uh-huh. Cool. Cool. And then I have a Thurman Thomas autographed from when I delivered those Pepsis all over town, like a few years back. Pepsi sent me like a care package for that. And they sent me a Thurman Thomas autographed jersey. So that's pretty sick too. Wow. That's cool. That's very yeah, cool. Yeah, it was awesome. <laughs> um, now, do you have anything like before a game? Are there anything – is there anything that like – do you believe in all that stuff? Like do you do the same routine every week or do you do something like before a game? Do you put something on your pillow? What, what do you do or if you do anything um, to kind of like, you know, whatever, good luck or well, – every, every time I do this, the Bills win or something like that. Do you, Is there anything you do like that? I have like a – it's not like a routine per se. I always give my dog a cookie right before the game, like a Bills cookie that the pet store near my house sells. So I always have that. That's like a big thing. Like even there's some days where like I go to the game and he has to go to his daycare and they know to give him the cookie like at one o'clock when the game starts and stuff like that. <laughs> um, and then I have my good luck Pepsi, which is like a true, it's not like a made up thing I do. I really do that. So like I always have a Pepsi with me. And I drink it when I feel like we need it. And it's just something I've done for a long time. So that's my you probably go through a lot of Pepsi, man. Yeah. <laughs> in games, I always got like a couple just in case I need to crack two. Yeah. Um, that's <laughs> awesome. That's that's funny stuff. Um, and then I, I have a couple more things for us. Um, moving back to camp. Uh, just your thoughts on the middle linebacker competition. Who, who do you want to see come out of that battle? I think he's out of it already, but I was a big Dorian Williams guy. I like the athleticism. He was uh, really intriguing to me. Um, right now, it's like, I don't know. It's a, it's weird because I can kind of see Rap playing that role kind of because he's like too good to just be like a backup safety and he is a great tackler and everything. So I could see it being like a mix of Dotson and Rap depending on like the offensive, who they have out there on the offensive end and, and kind of just playing it by ear, which I kind of like. I hope we're more of like an adjustment team that kind of just – takes as it goes but out of the linebackers i think i'm leaning dots in a little bit um i like aj klein too honestly i know that he's not really talked about but like i used to i used to not be able to stand him but i feel like when he's played the last few years he's been so much better absolutely um and then um i had a i had a great question coming um i think <laughs> I, I think i might have forgot it um but yeah so the, the top 10 nfl players come out tonight um, Josh Allen has not been on the list. Um, so where do you think, you know, it, it starts at eight o'clock on NFL network. Where do you, where do you think he sits this year? I, I think I put out a poll last week. I think they're going to give Burrow the nod just because he's one more. Do I think Allen's the better quarterback? Yeah. Um, but where do you think Allen sits? I know there's Mahomes. Um, he's still in there. Justin Jefferson. So there, there's some big names still think uh, still available. Where do you, where do you think he sits in terms of the, the top 10 players in the NFL? I agree with you that like I think Burrow's gonna get a little bit more love than him this year. Not that I agree with it, but I think it's gonna how it be how it goes. So I could see him in, like that five five range. I think it's gonna be like obviously Mahomes, Burrow, maybe like Michael Parsons. Hmm. Um I don't know, I could see Allen in like four or five, somewhere in that range. Okay, yeah, yeah. Good stuff. Um anyway. Um, I really appreciate you uh, for coming on. It's been, you know, 33 minutes so far. If you guys can like um, and subscribe, that would greatly help grow the channel, grow the show, uh, grow Buffalo Rumblings. Um, Everyone here does a great job. We have great guests every week. Um, And Brother Bill just, you know, adds to that great, great list of guests on the, you know, have come on all all over the Buffalo Rumblings network. We greatly appreciate all the support. Brother Bill, any last words, anything that's coming up, any, you know, any hints of any ideas you're doing this year, anything that, anything that's cool that you have in mind, or, you know, you can plug your Twitter, where to find you, stuff like that. 
yeah i'm uh brother bill 716 on like every platform um i don't want to give too much away about the season but i do have it's probably the most thought out i've been where like my major ideas for every single week have been penciled in it's just making it getting all the props i need and making it come to life as the season goes on is which is the toughest part but i've definitely got the mental the mental games done pretty much there's definitely things i'll throw in as the season goes but like the big plots are kind of ironed out which is cool which cool. is a little like makes me relax a little bit more yeah you're not as like you know last minute uh, yeah sometimes i'm up to like 4 a.m the night after sun like right after we play our game i go to go to bed sunday night and i'm just laying there like what am i gonna do <laughs> how am i gonna keep doing this <laughs> awesome stuff man thanks for coming on cool thanks for having me man that was um, Brother Bill from, you know, big Bill super fan. Awesome, awesome guy. Awesome stuff. I uh, had a lot of insight and knowledge uh, for the show today. Um, greatly appreciate him coming on and sharing, you know, a little bit about maybe what he has in store for this year and stuff like that. Um, I'm going to add a couple more things here. I'll probably go, you know, 10 more minutes or so. I'm um, just giving my thoughts on training cap and, and whatnot and what I'm seeing from the team. Uh, so, it's it's been a fun uh, training camp. I think the Bills have looked really well. I think they've done a good job in terms of you know where they're where they're where they're headed, the game plan, the, the aggressiveness from Sean McDermott. You've seen it more and more. Um, the red zone offense. I know today that they did it really well. They had it ran a two minute you know drill, and Allen went right down the field methodically. Did a really good job um, getting the ball out, spreading the ball out, using his new playmakers and stuff like that. And then on the defensive side of the ball, um, you know Leonard Floyd made a great. You know, had a great comment today after practice that really stood out to me. And, and he, he was asked, is this, you know, does playing in Buffalo help your play style at all? Does it make you a better player? Does it make you more comfortable? And he was like, yeah, it does. Because in LA, I was playing a three, four, where every other play I was dropping back, sitting in coverage, um, doing stuff like that. So in Buffalo, he said, it's all attack minded, get after the quarterback kind of fits my play style better. So that kind of got me excited for what this Bills defensive line could be. Sean Sean McDermott, pardon me, had strong words for A.J. Epinesa, a guy that I think can fill out a role. His body type's been getting better. He's been, you know, dominating practice in terms of when he's got his reps, he's won. Um, Lewis with a question, how's Dorsey looking? I think Dorsey's done a good job. Um, a lot of pre-stamp motion, a lot of confusion, um, a couple of trick plays. I know you're not going to see, you know, you, you're not. they don't want to show people a lot because – there's a lot of things they don't want people to know because it gives them the competitive advantage. So th there is an aspect of that, but in terms of how he's dialed it up, his 12 personnel usage, his spacing in the red zone, st stuff that you kind of had questions about going into this season. Um, I think with a, with a true slot position this year, when you're not relying on, on an Isaiah McKenzie, who didn't really know his role, he couldn't really play his role the right way. I think he was just a speedster that could get across the field, straight line, straight line speed, um, his his lateral movement was questionable. Uh, he was he was a good player, but he's a gadget guy. That's what he was. I, I think the guys they brought in this year and Trent Sherfield, Hardy, and all and Shakir are just better overall football players. Guys that have played the game. They've they've been important pieces um, across mul the multiple teams they've been on. So I think coming you know, besides Shakir, but coming to Buffalo, I think will be a, a huge role for them. Yeah. Dorsey's a great, um, he's done really a really good job. And I, I expect a lot from the offense this year. It's year two. I think you can have the conversation if the bills offense has a meltdown or doesn't get hot at the right time. There's going to be a lot of people calling for his job. A lot of fans, you know, on social media advocating, get rid of this guy. You know, the offense failed this again, blah, 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 or something like that. The, the thing with the team and, and my biggest advocate for, for this Bills team and how they've built and gotten to where they are today with, you know, three AFC's titles and consistently winning playoff games year in, year out, I think it has to do a lot with consistency. Um, and I, I think they, they like that. Sean McDermott, Leslie Frazier's gone now, but they're keeping that consistency because Sean McDermott's still there calling the plays. You have Brandon Bean around for a while. Ken Dorsey has been around um, now for his second year. So I, I don't know if they're going to get rid of Dorsey. I don't know if he'll be canned um, based on his performance this year. I, I think the offense, they should be top five. Like th there's no doubt that they're a top five unit in terms of skill positions. But but the biggest 
But the biggest question so far, to Lewis's point, um, great comment, what's the biggest question so far, O-line, um, 100%. The Bills' offensive line has been good during camp, not great. I think there's moments where they've gotten beat. They've missed assignments. James Cook has struggled in pass pro, although today Chris Brown um, from One Bills Live you know, gave his observations for camp today, and he said James Cook was very good in pass pro. So that was very good to hear um, that James Cook did a, a good job pass protecting today. That's my biggest question in terms of his usage this season. Can he maintain his blocks, anchor, and help? You know, maybe maybe leak out for a nice, you know, five yard, you know, five yards after the catch, stuff like that. He he's so versatile in that in that aspect. But yeah, Lewis, the biggest question so far is definitely the offensive line, their ability to 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 win. That's the biggest question. I think. Spencer Brown has looked good. He had a really bad day on the second day of pads, which is last Tuesday. So that's a question mark for me. Will his back be able to withstand a whole NFL season? He's a big guy. Um, Back issues aren't fun. (laughs) I know people that have dealt with back problems, and it's not a fun thing to to deal with in life. So it's a hard thing to overcome. But he said he's 100%. He's healthy. Um, after one practice last week, he had a scare where he was in a lot of pain, almost couldn't pick up his helmet, um, but he was on the field the next day. So maybe he was just a little sore after practice and he, he worked hard on the opposite side of the ball. Deion Dawkins, he left today with a hand injury um, and he didn't come back um, to the field. He came back to the field, sorry, but not in pads. So he was back on the field with the team, but was not in pads. So he left with a hand injury today. They, the bill said day to day. So something to monitor, but I don't think we'll keep him out for that long. Um, and then the depth behind the offensive line at those tackle positions, the guys that I just mentioned, Brandon Shell, David Questenberry, can Tommy Doyle, is he going to be a guy they stash on the PUP and believe in his you know, ability to keep improving and maybe become a part of this rotation at some point throughout the season? He has the versatility, but with that torn ACL, I don't know if they're confident in him coming out and, and, and making this roster initially. Um, we'll see. But yeah, the Brandon Shell, David Questenberry thing—that's the—that's the biggest question mark for me. David Questenberry again was the guy that was blocking for Josh Allen when he hurt his elbow last year. I mean, he got uh, he got beat terribly, and you know it, that's what got our quarterback injured. The thing with the thing with the offensive line is this: Josh Allen has a way, I think, in my opinion, a greater chance of getting hurt in the pocket than outside of the pocket. That's just how quarterbacks usually—it's—it's it's more—it's more common for a quarterback to get hurt in the pocket. Than you know, running outside the pocket. I know Josh Allen isn't a, isn't your typical like. I'm going to take a slide and pick up five yards or run out of bounds and do stuff like that. But uh, I think protecting Josh Allen is the biggest question mark heading into this season. Um, I think more, Mitch Morris has been solid. Connor McGovern struggled. I think Ed Oliver's dominated him. Um, Ryan Bates, Osiris Torrance, that rotation. We'll see how that plays out. I personally want to see Torrance start just because the the, the versatility that Ryan Bates offers to a, to a team. I think he can do a good job of being depth for multiple roles on the offensive line. So that, that's where I'm at with the offensive line. It is the biggest question for me heading into 2023. Wellington Louise with the question, is Josh Allen okay from the injury to today's practice? Yeah, um, I think he was getting his elbow or shoulder work done. Um, he left with the trainer, went back in the locker room for 20 minutes, or went in the, back in the locker room for 20 minutes or whatever they call it there, came back out in the field 20 minutes later, and then ran the two-minute drill and that, that Trent Sherfield catch that's going viral right now on Twitter where he threaded the needle um, right in between Trey White and Tron Johnson, and I'll say this, there's only two quarterbacks that can make that throw. It's Josh Allen and Patrick Mahomes. It was a dot. Uh, Trent Sherfield, bang, bang, played. Trent Sherfield showed his sideline awareness, his ability to get two feet in, catch the ball, maintain possession through the catch, and come down with it. So, obviously, Allen came back fine. It didn't look like that injury bothered him. He, he let a beautiful drive, I think, People were talking about some beat reporters that were there. It was one of Josh Allen's best days of camp. So that's a good sign. You know, you, you, each day you want to get better and you want to see your quarterback do great things. And he, he's been doing that. David um, David from Facebook says, these will be the same fans that wanted Dable's head in his early days as Bill's OC. I agree, David. That's why I preach, you know, the consistency aspect of this, this whole regime and how they've continued to keep guys around and coach, you know, players and coaches included, I think that's important. Uh, I think, you know, Ken Dorsey was the quarterback's coach before Brian Dable. So, they, you know, Allen was comfortable with that. Um, the biggest thing for Ken Dorsey this year, again, is his ability to say, hey, Josh, just take the easy play. Like, Ken Dorsey played quarterback, so he understands, like, going for the big play and throwing it downfield is, is fun to do, and you can beat teams that way. But when you're going up against a, a really good team, a really good defense, an aggressive defense that's getting, getting fast, I mean, your offensive line is – 
at best, probably slightly above average this year. I don't think there's really a, a way. Maybe they can be a top 10 unit, but I see them in the, in the teen range, you know, from anywhere from 11 to 20. That's where I kind of, I hope they're at anything lower than that would kind of be concerning, but the recipe for the bills and how, how they've gotten beat has been, I mean, it's been a mixture, but you saw in the Bengals game that them dialing up the pressure and giving different looks for Josh Allen. I think that's a cause for concern. So, so Josh Allen's ability to get the ball out, trust his eyes, get it in his playmaker's hands, get upfield is going to be huge. It's going to be a huge thing for this offense. So I think that's, that's an important piece to this. And I think Darcy needs to be able to reel Josh back in if he does make a mistake because he's going to make mistakes. He has his whole career that, that that's, you got to live and die with that. It's, it's, that's how Josh Allen plays his quarterback. That's who he is. So I think his ability to reel him in, move on from it next play. Um, and hope your defense can, you know, turn around and make a stop. I, I want to see the, the red zone turnovers almost gone. Like I want them to disappear. I don't want to see Josh Allen making those costly mistakes in the red zone, which we saw a lot from last year. And we didn't see a lot from the previous years with Brian Dable. I think that's what many fans think that Dable's the better coach. And obviously he's a head coach now and has more success and love the a subpar Giants team to the playoffs. But Dable's ability to, to reel Josh in and, in, in the red zone, tell him don't, don't make mistakes, take the easy play. I think that was huge. I think the play calling was huge, but I've really liked what I've seen again from the Bills offense in training camp. They've done a really good job um, in terms of play calling and stuff like that. They've been very efficient and stuff like that. Many fans have different views when it comes to our running backs. Why do you think the Bills didn't invest more in top running back? Uh, the Bills, they didn't invest in a top running back, first of all, because I think they do trust James Cook. And I think um, his ability to, to be that running back and pass catcher that they need is going to kind of take off this year. He's been one of my best players throughout camp. Um, besides his pass protection, he had a nice wheel route touchdown. The first play in the right and blue scrimmage was a 40-yard run. I mean, he Jordan Poyer looked like he was like had like sand in his shoes um, with how fast James Cook took off and got to that third level of the defense. Mike Hyde was able to track him down, but James Cook's speed is, is unparalleled to many players. I don't think nowadays Wellington, I don't think you need that elite running back to – you know, get it done. Isaiah Pacheco's won a Super Bowl. LeGarrette Blunt was the lead back for a Super Bowl. Um, so there, there's been players in the last 10 years, I, I don't know exactly um, all of the running backs. Those are just a couple of names that have been the lead back for Super Bowl teams. I don't think you need that big, you know, big money running back that so many people once thought of back, back you know, 20, 25 years ago. You look at the Titans with Derrick Henry. They weren't able to get over the hump. Uh, Tannehill, they fell short because the quarterback position is the most important. You look at, you know, Saquon Barkley, as special as he is, Daniel Jones is more important for the Giants this year. There's no ands, ifs, buts about it. If Daniel Jones turns the ball over and plays careless football, it doesn't matter how good Saquon Barkley is. He could set records in every statistical category for a running back. They will not get far um, in January and February. So that that's why I think that the Bills didn't invest more in top running backs, Wellington. It's just I think Damian Harris offers a role where you got him at a cheap deal, $1.7 million. Same thing with Latavius Murray, a cheaper deal. Um, so I think there's a lot of moving pieces, and I think that's kind of how the running back room is now. You draft a guy, get him for four years, see if he can do things that you asked him to do when you drafted him, and bring in these kind of these running backs that are going to be floating around the league. Look at Devin Singletary. That guy's not going to stay anywhere for the next five years. He's going to be one of those guys that floats around the league. He's going to be a great one-two punch. He's going to be that guy that floats around the league and is just used for that complimentary back to a, a Derrick Henry or these star running backs. There's a lot of those out there, and Damian Harris is one of those guys that I think if he can stay healthy and he gets his touches in the red zone and is efficient, I think he can be a very valuable piece. I'm kind of underestimate. People are kind of underestimating what he can do for this offense. Um, Chris, good show, AJ. You need a balanced offense like the Eagles. Yeah, I mean, balance is nice. Um, I agree with you. But I would still like to see like a 70-30, 65-35 kind of split with run pass. Uh, the Bills are just so good at it. You can use the short passing game, which I want to also see Quendorsi, sorry, do more this year, is use, you know, the quick screens, the tight end screens, the running back screens. The short passing game is an extension of your run game. So if you can get your, you know, Spencer Brown's really good in space and mauling guys at the second and third level, that's one of his strengths. So if you can get guys, you know, sprung open in the screen game and stuff like that, I think it's very important for the Bills to use that short passing game and not rely on just the running game because they're not the best at it. Do I think they can improve this year and will they? Yeah, I think they will. Uh, but 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 the 
running is important, like I said. But at the same time, um, look, I mean, you look at the Chiefs, you look at, you know, some of these teams that they're not running the ball often. They just do it efficiently. That's been the talking point for the Bills since Josh Allen's arrived. I don't think many people want them to run the ball more. I think they just want them to do it better. And, yeah, maybe a little more frequently, maybe, you know, 12, 15 touches for Cook and seven to eight for Harris. But I still want them, the ball in Josh Allen's hands when it counts, the best player on the team. So with that, 50-minute um, show today, uh, very excited. Obviously a big game this weekend. We're going to get to see Justin Shorter. We're going to get to see uh, Balen Spector get some work. There's going to be a lot of guys on that field on, on Saturday at 1 o'clock against Indy at home in the, in the preseason opener that's going to be fighting for a roster spot. There's going to be guys fighting for roster spots. There's going to be guys fighting for, you know, special just to, just to get a jersey on game day in terms of the special teams unit. There's going to be depth at the linebacker position, wide receiver position, tight end position. Quentin Morris um, versus Jay Sternberger is a competition that you're going to get to see play out right on television. Um and, and maybe not talked about much, but there's those key depth positions, Reggie Gilliam. There's a lot of guys on this roster Saturday that need to make a case for themselves. Um, Cam Lewis is a guy too. He went down with an injury today and left practice. Um, he had a limp. So that's, that's kind of concerning, but we'll see if he's able to play in the game Saturday. But yeah, if you're watching Saturday, just, you know, make sure you're tuned into who's, you know, who's on the second team, who's on the third team, who, who's doing that stuff. And that, that'll be, that'll be important for who makes this roster and who makes the final 53 man. Because remember there's one cut down this year. It's only, it's in late August. I don't know the exact date, but late August is the cut down date. You go right from whatever it is at right now, 90, 90 plus to straight 53. So that's, that's kind of the difference. Usually it was like 93, 70, 60, 60, 53, something like that. Um, they did like a, a step, a step process. So, so you'd see 20 cuts and then 10 cuts and then 10 more. This time it's just straight up all at once. Um, which I think it is cool. I think it gives guys that are lower on the roster kind of a chance to showcase their ability because some of those guys after, you know, a certain deadline, 20 players are cut, then they can't play in a couple of the preseason games or they can't get those practices in. So I think it's good for in terms of players getting a chance to show what they can do, like a Shane Ray, a guy that was a first-round pick out of the league for four years and then ended up making a comeback now and is trying to make a, you know, a, a spot and take a spot on this roster. Will he be a practice squad guy? Maybe. But just for guys like that, I think it's cool. Um, so with that, please like, subscribe. Um, if you're listening on audio, thank you. Again, thank you, Brother Bill. It was a great show. He gave great information. Uh, very, very entertaining dude. Very funny guy. One of the most popular dudes um, in this fan base, and he does a great job with this content. Um, check it out at Brother Bill 716 Follow me on Twitter at AJ Sabalski. I will be going to camp Thursday for the last day. Stay tuned to my Twitter for live updates throughout the day. Um, and with that, it's been, you know, it's been a fun one. AJ's analysis with your host, AJ Sabalski, and I will see you next time. Um, be safe, have fun, and enjoy the game Saturday.